welcome to the Snakes Cast. My name is David, and with me this week is Mr. Todd Campbell. Hello. Hello. Hey. And this week we're going to be looking at games that are based in some way, shape, or form on works of literature. So, there's actually a lot of these. We started thinking, and it's actually more a question of what are we including, excluding, versus can we make an episode on this? Because there is just so much, right? Yes. There's a lot of things we're going to touch on a little later that have slightly weird relationships with literature. But for today, we're going to talk about games that have their basis in it, as in the game was inspired by a piece of fiction or whatever. Mm. I think starting with some sort of common themes where there are a lot of games and we're just going to sort of pick on one... I, one of the biggest ones right now has got to be Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones is huge, and there are there's several games that are they're very popular in the Game of Thrones world. Uh, the Game of Thrones board game being extremely popular with, mm-hmm. with gamers, and then stuff that's uh, a little lighter, like uh, Game of Thrones: Hand of the King, which is a fantastic little card game, a small box, uh, very simple rules and a short play time, but very very strategic for what it is. Absolutely, I remember we played this in one of our guru meetings to, to train on stuff, and I remember thinking what a fantastic thing this was, and I was looking forward to playing it again. Yeah, um, and it's very accessible. It is. It plays like a small abstract game, really. Right. At it's hard. Uh, and when you first... Uh, I remember when we first learned the game, it, essentially you have a, uh, a six-by-six grid of, of cards that are on the table, each one uh, representing a character from the Game of Thrones world. And uh, each turn you're going to move Varys, who is one of the characters from uh, the show, in a particular direction, and you choose a house, and uh, you move to the last member of that house, and then grab all the members of that house. And if at that point you have the most of that house, or you are tied for the most, you get control of that house banner. And um, it sounds like such a simple little game, but then when you start realizing that every time you move, you're setting up your opponent to maybe get a lead on some other house, it becomes extremely strategic. It's a fantastic game. It's got a a hint, in my view, of a game we've been talking about recently, Mandy mentioned uh, in particular over the last couple of weeks, uh, which is Camisado. Uh, which is yes. a great little kind of chess variant type game, but the, the where you land the piece that you move determines the piece that your opponent moves. Yes, and it's got a sense of that. It's not quite the same thing, but you really could be, you know, you could go, ah, oh, I've done it, I've I've claimed House <laughs> Baratheon, and and I am now going to control them for the rest of the game. And then you look and you go, oh, damn it, and I've left this <laughs> wide open gap yeah. for my opponent to now steal something better. And I think what the Game of Thrones IP does for that style of game is it really brings people in. Even if they're not Game of Thrones fans, just seeing these characters on the board uh, is a lot more engaging than the little towers of Kamasato. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually why I sort of thought it was a good place to start, because it's so accessible to such a wide variety of people right now who are into the show, yeah. even if they're not into the books. Uh, I regularly teach it at the cafe to, mm-hmm. to couples who maybe one of them or both of them are fans of the show. And even the people who are not fans of the show, they pick up on the game really quickly. They have a great time with it. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The Game of Thrones board game, on the other hand, now that's a totally different kettle of fish. For, for most weeks' worth of podcasting, we'd put that on Friday. But that's, I mean, that's a giant piece of strategy that takes hours, right? It is. It's a very long game. Um, it's not necessarily a complex game. Uh, right. Once you figure it out, it's actually fairly intuitive. 
Uh, but it is a long teach. It's not something that I would uh, just want to sit down for a few minutes and teach people. I have to sit with them for quite a while to get them up to speed on the game. Essentially, it is a dudes-on-a-map style fighting, controlling game where you need to make alliances with other players to help you defeat other uh, uh, different players. And then later you will stab them in the back. Right. Uh, very much like the show. Now, uh, it plays, I believe it's three to six players is that sounds right. on the box, but really it's a five or six player game. Right. Uh, there is an expansion that you uh, you can add to it that will make it uh, very playable with three or four, but really you want a full complement of six. Mm. Uh, that's when it starts to feel like the books, feel like the, the, the political machinations that are going on. And that regular friend of the show, Jonathan, who is not here this week, mm-hmm. but he would immediately bring up Dune and flag that as actually the same thing. Yes. It's a six-player, up-to-six-player game, but you really want to play it with six people. Yeah. And it sounds like this is the same thing. It's like if you have all the houses in the game interacting with each other rather than having somebody sitting out to one side and leaving a void in the sort of political climate, but also presumably there are special powers in Game of Thrones that the different houses have advantages in certain spaces. Um, I don't having not played. There are different uh, starting locations, right? And you have different uh, combat decks, but it's not like Dune where you have va- uh, vastly different powers. Sure, but there, uh, there's but still, variation to it. Yeah, like um, with a full complement of six, you use the entire board, whereas uh, with less players, you use less of the board. But it is using the map of Westeros, which means that it's harder to balance it out for less players, sure. right? Like if you're playing House Stark. Uh, you have a very narrow area that you can travel down into the the mainland of Westeros, so it's it's a little more challenging with with fewer players. For sure, it's just you really want to have that full complement so you can have that table talk, have that 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 uh, uh, backstabbing and deal making mm-hmm. that happens. Uh, it's at that point that it really feels like the books. For sure, yeah. We then have some things that are in the sort of medium end. We've sort of gone from light to heavy all, in, all at once, but there's a lot of stuff that sits in the middle that's great. And um, One of the things you reminded me of, which I mm. haven't played in a long time, is Discworld Ankh-Morpork. Oh, fantastic game. Fantastic. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's an old Martin Wallace game uh, set in Ankh-Morpork, and uh, each, char- each player has a character from, uh, from the books, and you have a, a secret objective that you're trying to do. Either have the most majority in a particular area on the board or have guys all over the board. Uh, and if at the start of your turn you've, you've done that, you say, hey, I just won the game. So part of the game is trying to figure out what the other players at the table, uh, which uh, objective they have so you can thwart that. And the game itself is actually very simple to play. Mm-hmm. The cards give you a list of actions that you can do. Some of them are mandatory, some of them are not. It's very simple. Um, it's a great game, and it's one that I unfortunately don't play enough because I, I, I absolutely love it. You saying it made me want to play it. I probably haven't played it in a little over a year, but mm-hmm. it's a fabulous game, and I, I definitely want to get it back out now. An area control is something that I do enjoy as a good gameplay mechanism, and they do it so well. Yeah. That's a great medium-weight game. Another one that has sort of crept in recently uh, into the extreme popularity list has got to be Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Yes, um, Hogwarts Battle is a deck building game, but it's a cooperative deck building game. So mm-hmm. each of the players plays one of the characters from uh, the Harry Potter universe, and you are playing through seven years or seven school years essentially. And each year, there's a different villain that you're trying to collectively beat. Uh, and what's really fascinating about the game is that it, each year it gives you a little bit more rules. Right. So you start off with a very simple deck builder in year one, and then it will layer on the complexity as you go. 
which is fantastic for the cafe because people can sit down. I can teach them the basics of the game, and then if they like it, they can keep uh, advancing through the um, through the different years. It's been extremely popular, and it's it's so interesting because it's not just that it adds it, you you use the cards in different ways. Like year four adds dice, yeah, and all of a sudden there are dice in the game that weren't there before, and now you ha- interact with the cards differently, and you might want mm. to buy a different thing because it allows you an option you didn't have. Otherwise, it, it feels kind of like a legacy game. It does, mm. except you can reset it. Yes. It's yes. not, you don't have to buy another box to start again. <laughs> and they've just released an expansion to it as well, which I haven't had a chance to mess with yet. But by all mm. accounts, I think is very good. And then one thing before we wrap up for today that I think is well worth mentioning is Yellow's little range of kids games. Yeah, uh, It's the card... What do they call them? The storybook games? I think the... it's the storybook line, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you've got... There's five of them, and I know with... You know, they, they are varyingly excellent. Um, but I know uh, Three Little Pigs and Tortoise and the Hare both come in for exceptionally good press. Uh, I've played Three yeah. Little Pigs. I haven't played Tortoise and the Hare, but I have seen it played. And they both... They're great for introducing kids to board games through a medium that they may already recognize. They're fantastic. And the, the box is shaped like a book that's held together with magnets. So you open the book up, and then you'll have the rule book, but you also get the story. Right. So you can read through the, the, the fairy tale or the fable with your, your kids and then play the game. And you're right. They, they are varying in degrees of quality. Um, I liked Baba Yaga a lot, but some people didn't. And I think the, the Tortoise and the Hare wasn't great. but uh, Not the Tortoise and the Hare. The, uh, Grasshopper um, and the Ant. The Grasshopper and the Ant. Tortoise and the Hare is a fantastic racing game. Yeah. Um, and Three Little Pigs is a great little um, Yahtzee, King of Tokyo style dice yeah. game that's extremely accessible and very simple to play. And I, I yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And I think what Yellow's done that's so smart with this is if you teach your kids these games, you are also teaching them adult games in the sense that once they grow up, they already know how to play King of Tokyo if they can play Three Little Pigs, because mm-hmm. they've basically played it already. You just need to sort of add in how the manipulation of the dice works versus what they knew. Yes. But that premise of roll the dice, you lock some, you can't roll them again, but you can mm-hmm. re-roll the others twice more, and that sort of thing. It's teaching gaming at a very early age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're fantastic games. Well, that's a good start from for this topic but we're going to come back to you guys on Wednesday and we've got some stories of uh, or some story games and games based in books that use that definition slightly more loosely and also a couple more based in literature that are absolutely excellent and need to be mentioned so we will see you guys on Wednesday bye for now bye bye